Hey, this is Jeremy Brown. I am the founder of Startups Give Back and Social Impact World. Uh, I got into the social impact space back in 2014. I uh, actually had a career experience that uh, launched me into this space. Had no idea I was going to get into it uh, when I started my career. But ever since, I've had a blast getting a chance to meet so many amazing people. So many amazing change makers and uh, really uh, encouraging and um, inspiring companies to give back more than they were in the past. Um, so I'm looking forward to a really good conversation about all of that. Welcome to the podcast. doing doing great thank you for having me oh dude i've been excited about this how long have i been harping on you to get some time together a year maybe two years uh probably longer than that <laughs> especially <laughs> you know since you launched the podcast <laughs> I know I think... we've, we've, we've definitely have had conversations in the past and uh you and i have had uh, definitely had conversations about collaborating and doing things together and i'm, I'm glad we're, we're finally kind of getting to that point Right. I think I think your thing with me was that you weren't going to do anything till I bought a good microphone. That's true. <laughs> the I dream that, is that, realized. Is that a, a sure that you got? It is. Yeah, I just I took your recommendation for Love those. Uh, we'll get into the Social Impact World Summit later. But last July, I did a presentation. It was a phenomenal presentation, except the audio kept cutting out. <laughs> well, it won't happen this year. <laughs> yeah. So Jeremy has this transcript of every other word. <laughs> Which, as you listeners know, with me is probably a better thing, distillation. So there we go. <laughs> Jeremy, how'd you get into this space? Yeah, so you know, to tell this story, I have to go all the way back to 2011. So 2011 is when I graduated college and I joined a really large company based in San Francisco. And this, this company had thousands of employees around the world, a lot of money in the bank, a lot of resources. But not one time did we ever make a difference. We never gave back. We never made any donations, volunteered. This is not to say that it was discouraged by our executive team. It just wasn't something that was encouraged. And so I was at that company for a little over a year. Then I left and I joined a, a pretty small startup. I think at the time we were about maybe a little over 30 people or so. And one of the executives on the team happened to come from Salesforce. And so he brought with him that whole philanthropic DNA that Salesforce is known for. And he really wanted our new company to, to give back and, and to make a difference um, in the community. And so what we did was the very first week on the job, uh, my very first week on the job, we went out and volunteered as a team. And I love that. That was my first time ever experiencing that at a company. And that got me thinking, you know, we're doing this for two reasons. Number one, it's a great way to build team camaraderie. It's a shared experience. But number two, it just, it matters, right? It, giving back as a, as a business just matters. And so that got me reflecting on my, cur my current experience, but also my previous experience at the larger company. And I couldn't, you know, really understand how is it that a small startup with very limited resources was able to do more for the community than my previous company that had plenty of resources to, to allocate towards giving back? And so I started from there thinking of ways that I could encourage more companies to give back. At the time, I had no idea how I was going to do it. 
Um, but I did have a background in event planning. And so I decided to create an event where I would bring together different companies and we would volunteer together. And so basically combining networking and volunteering and it ended up being a really, really fun experience. And I became Startups to Give Back. And from 2014 to present day, uh, I, I built Startups to Give Back and, and built a community around uh, Startups to Give Back. And so that was my, my first uh, step into social impact. Obviously, at the time, I knew about CSR, um, but it w- really wasn't on my radar in terms of actually doing things in that in that space until uh, I, I launched Startups to Give Back and, and got deeper into it and started meeting really amazing people that really wanted to make a difference and wanted to see the corporate world change for good. So that's that's how I got into social impact. Wow. So the experience of being in a space that didn't have social impact and one that did, finding the way to build community through it. That sounds really incredible. Exactly. The the startups give back. That's a great idea of ways to um, connect with net and network with other people in the field. Did you see any kind of cool projects spark from folks that interacted in those events? Not necessarily. I would say the cool projects were more so us going and volunteering at the various organizations uh, in around San Francisco. And, you know, it, it got to a point where it became kind of a model. And so what I did was I actually created chapters in other locations. So at one point we had a chapter in Vancouver, Canada. We have a chapter in San Diego right now, as well as uh, Los Angeles. And so these chapters are organized by volunteer chapter leaders, and they basically do the same thing in their community. So they're they're uh, mobilizing local startups to give back to their local nonprofits. So I would say, in terms of like maybe a project, that that's probably one of the bigger projects that came out of all of this work with uh, volunteering uh, alongside other companies. Yeah, that's huge. Driving for scale. <laughs> yes. This is a. Uh... Definitely your category, Jess. Continue to let you take the lead. Well, hold on. How did these chapters get built? Yeah. So how they got built. So obviously was running Startups Get Back and basically started building my email list of people that were interested in volunteering. And one day I I, thought to myself, okay, I love what I'm doing in San Francisco, but obviously there's more companies outside of San Francisco. And so I really wanted to do something outside of the Bay area. I'm obviously one person, I can't do everything. And so let me, let me see if I can launch a chapter program and have, see if, see if I can drum up interest from other locations. And so I just kind of put the word out. And over time I started getting inquiries about people running a chapter of startups get back. And so it, it really kind of started off of that. And then from there, it's taking the knowledge that I've learned, organizing over 50 volunteering events in the Bay Area and helping these new chapter leaders take that knowledge and apply it to what they're doing. And so I become kind of like an advisor in a way uh, where I'm, I'm helping them build their own chapters over time based off of what I learned in the San Francisco Bay Area. Amazing. You still wanting to build chapters? Absolutely. That is the goal. Um, I really want Starbucks Give Back to be in every pocket of the world where there's a, a nucleus of companies because you know that that 
really aligns with uh, my personal kind of goal of uh, turning the corporate world into a force for good. And so uh, that's that's a piece of that. So to your question, absolutely. I want to have more chapters pop up. Great. How do you, I think we talk a lot about um, partnering with nonprofits and building out these volunteer experiences, but I don't know that we've talked about on the podcast yet about how to identify the nonprofit partners you work with. Do you have a, a method or um, a way that you find these projects that will be great for these meetups? Yeah. So, you know, the, the, there is a method to the madness. I wouldn't say there is an exact science to it. Uh, it's more so what the local community needs. One thing that I would say that in terms of organizations that we don't work with are political organizations. And there's a reason for that because we don't want to segregate people or anything like that. We want people to work together. Uh, but re- it really comes down to what that local community needs. So, um, you know, if there is a number of organizations um, that focus on environment or ocean pollution, things of that nature, and let's say the local community is on the coast, and so a lot of the organizations that they have are focused on kind of the environmental side of things. And let's say a chapter leader wants to start organizing events in that area, then really it's okay. Well, clearly the the um, community is focused on eradicating pollution in in the environment. So let's focus on those type of organizations and and uh, let's partner with those organizations to help them out. So it really comes down to what the local community actually needs and cares about. And that knowledge actually comes from the chapter leaders too, because they're, they're obviously in those communities. Um, and so they have a better kind of pulse on what's going on there than I. Yeah. Seeing the need and meeting the need. That's, that's wonderful. Peter, it looks like your wheels are turning. Always, always. Um, I'm, uh, I'm wondering if we move to your, Slack group is that the was social impact world is that the the new primary focus or are the children loved equally? <laughs> uh, the children are loved equally, but I would say social impact world is definitely the primary focus. And you know that was more of a, a strategic move on my part. Um, you know, this is and this is back in 2019. So I, I started thinking about start to get back and, and really the long term vision of what I wanted to do, what my personal mission was in the whole social impact space. And volunteering is a big component of social impact, but that's not the only component. And so I wanted to create something that allowed me to really dive into all segments of impact in the corporate sector. And so taking a step back, how Social Impact World got its start. So from 2014 um, until 2019, I was organizing volunteering events with Startups Get Back, but I was also doing a lot of meetups. And these meetups were with social impact leaders. So it was either me moderating a panel or just co-sponsoring an event where maybe there was a presentation from a social impact leader talking about their social impact program or their career. So I was doing that uh, pretty frequently. And so it built up uh, my network of uh, folks in the social impact space. And in 2019, I had the idea of doing an annual conference. And so started the process of looking for uh, venue space and, and kind of starting to grease the wheels, so to speak. But then the pandemic hit. 
And so I had to figure out a way to take my initial idea of a conference and kind of take it into the online world. But then I, I felt like just a conference is pretty limited. Like once a year, like I, I want to do more. And at the time I was really inspired by Startup Grind and a ton of other uh, membership sites, chief.com too, and decided to uh, create a community for social impact. And that became the evolution of social impact world. And so I launched that in 2020 officially. And uh, so social impact world is a community for social impact leaders. And a part of that is the Slack community. And that's where the kind of the online component started. And today we have, we actually just crossed uh, 1600 members in the community. And I think the, my favorite part about that is yes, the numbers are great, uh, but there's two things, the connections I've been able to make, including with Peter, like uh, that's, that's how we got connected. Um, But also the community has grown really organically. And so I've spent $0 on ads, uh, haven't really promoted the actual Slack group um, heavily, but it's grown by word of mouth. And so social impact leaders are, are kind of yearning for community and most folks are yearning for community. And so really struck a chord there and it's grown um, exponentially and, and really has surpassed my expectations and it's been a blast uh, seeing it evolve. So that's how Social Impact World got its start. It definitely is one of the best kept secrets as far as uh, professional work groups go in this space. Yeah. And it's, it's a blended that. environment. So it's not just CSI professionals. There's a lot of um, nonprofit professionals I see in there as well as people wanting to break into either side of the space, not that not sides is in combative, exactly. but just, uh, who's doing what? Yeah, it's, that's exactly right. And it, it's definitely a hodgepodge of different professionals. Um, and really it, the core of it is everyone's interested in social impact and, you know, to Peter's point, there's nonprofit professionals, there's folks who are, who are looking to break into the space and it, it just, it, it's a forum where people can have conversations, they can collaborate, they can learn, and it's become a just a, a very useful resource. Yeah, sounds like a great space for people to share ideas just to make the space better. Absolutely. Yeah. Another um Another thing I get in my inbox from you is a social impact examiner, and I really appreciate the snapshot from different companies that you send out um, about their social impact initiatives and the work that they're doing. Have you seen any um, orgs that stand out in the innovation space of the work that they're doing in CSI and how they're giving back to communities? Yeah, there's a number. I feel like every company that I cover, there's something in a lot of times it's stuff that I wasn't even aware of, you know, and a lot of the the content that's in the newsletter is uh, a lot of research. And so you go mm-hmm. down the rabbit holes and you start discovering interesting things. Uh, I feel like Disney, uh, Disney's doing a lot of interesting things around DEI, for example, um, Salesforce, obviously Salesforce, even though they've, they've had some layoffs, but uh, altogether what Salesforce has done from an impact perspective, uh, that's kind of like the gold standard. Um, Okta is another company that's doing some interesting things. Actually, one company that comes to mind, um, I actually had her on my podcast recently, um, and uh, she is the uh, community manager and social impact lead at a company called OutSystems. 
And mm-hmm. so OutSystems is basically a kind of drag and drop uh, web application tool uh, that developers use to create applications without you know heavy code. But one thing that they're doing that's really interesting is they are really tapping into their community of developers and partnering developers with nonprofits and helping nonprofits build applications. And that's not revolutionary. That's not new. There's other companies that do that. But what I think OutSystems is doing really, really good is not only are they building these applications, but they are staying on and helping these nonprofits for the long term. So it's not, let me build you an application nonprofit. Here you go. See you later. Good luck. It's, I'm going to help you build this application, but I'm going to support you along the way. So if something breaks, I'm here to support you. If you want to add on, I'm here to support you. I feel like that right there, like from an impact perspective, like that is, that's, that's how you do it from like, if you're going to use your technology for good uh, for that particular product. So I would say OutSystems is, is doing some good work. Um, Let's see who else comes to mind. I'm going to throw it. Yeah. The, um, not being a flash in the pan builds the best impact. It seems just making sure that you're building sustainable programming is really impactful. Those are great. Yeah. I feel like that's not, that should be the focus, but that's not always the case. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like from a sustainable program perspective, this comes with maturity in terms of your program and uh, kind of the, the evolution of what you're doing. But too many companies will build something or participate in some type of activity. And then once they're done, you know, they go away from a nonprofit partnership sustainability perspective. That's not the way to do it. You want to make sure that you're there with that nonprofit, that partner along the way. And so what OutSystems is doing, that's, that's the model to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Building capacity as you go so that nonprofits can be even more effective in supporting the communities they serve. Exactly. As I'm hearing your story, I'm I'm not knowing where you're swayed, Mr. Brown. Do you think organizations should start with employee engagement and volunteering? Do you think they should start with philanthropy? Do you think they should start with product impact? I would love to say everything, but that's not realistic. I would say if an organization is looking to start their social impact journey. They should start with the easiest thing to build momentum. And that easiest thing is actually volunteering in most cases that could be in-person volunteering that there's also plenty of online volunteering that they can do too. That's where I would start build momentum, kind of build that, um, that, that, or flex that muscle, build that muscle up in terms of impact and then graduate to philanthropy. And then, you know, if if the the wheels are 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 turning and and uh, you have that good momentum, then obviously you can start exploring ESG. And you know, to your point, Peter, there's there's a lot to unpack in, in the ESG world. And so, I wouldn't suggest a company get into ESG right out the gate because there is so much there, and it's easy to get what is it? What's the old analogy? Paralysis by analysis because there's so much that's involved there. So start easy, build momentum, and then grow from there kind of hating that you gave Jess a check mark in her column. When I needed <laughs> but, that. But, but I'm I'm also in, it, this is not meant to be combative. 
employee engagement, volunteering, that's hard. It is hard. That's hard. We, when, when we started, it was in product impact, super easy to make a business case and try and create a self-funding division. But that's how I met Jessica was nobody on our team could rally the troops and inspire and create programs and do the things that are necessary to get that employee engagement. It's, it's not just saying, Hey, we're going to go build a house somewhere. Who wants to go? It's a lot more complicated than that. Yes, Jess, I'm praising you while you're sitting in the room. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> and it's expensive. And, and looking through all this, like, I don't have an opinion yet on who should drive it. If your organization gets big enough, yeah, you need a Jess and you need the tech behind it. But let's, let's talk about these startups and startups give back and the people that you've met in social impact world. Is it just some inspired individual who's got the time on their calendar or is it ERGs that are leading these types of initiatives or people really are organizations really making the investment into the tech, into the platforms and into the people to create these programs? Yeah, initially it's, it's an inspired individual, somebody that wants to see their company give back. Um, usually it's a, a smaller company, so there's obviously not uh, somebody that can truly spearhead it from like a, a, a job description perspective. So it's usually maybe an office manager or somebody in recruiting or people ops that raises their hand and says, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm willing to, you know, allocate some time to organize some, some volunteering events, whether it's once a quarter or, you know, a couple of times or a handful of times a year. Uh, so it's usually that type of person that, that kicks off uh, the volunteering efforts. At least that's the experience that I had at Startups Give Back. I was constantly having conversations with office managers and recruiters and, and kind of HR folks um, when it came to organizing volunteering events for uh, their company. So it, it starts with those individuals, at least early on. Yeah, it kind of goes back to what you're saying. It depends on where the company is. I think that changes as they evolve and time goes on and um, they're building in the space. Absolutely. So since you two are in agreement, why don't you continue the conversation on <laughs> for these inspired individuals that don't know where to start? Having been somebody on a team that was an inspired individual that didn't know where to start. And, and honestly, we failed enough that we had enough and it was get somebody in that can do it or stop doing it altogether. So what, what do both of you see as attainable, worthwhile events for these smaller organizations, zero to hundred person organizations to do these types of uh, employee engagement activities? Yeah, I'll give you a story. Um, so when I was at Crunchbase, um, and at the time when I joined, we were a hundred people or so, maybe a little over hundred people, but we didn't have social impact or volunteering in any type of way. But when I joined, you know, I, I, I really voiced my, um, appetite for getting us involved somehow, some way. And it was myself and three other, three other individuals, the head of, um, head of uh, HR, uh, recruiter, and I believe an office manager at the time. And actually four people. And then somebody on our CS team. And we basically created this, this kind of ad hoc group. Um, and our task was to figure out how we can start doing something as a company. 
And taking a step back at the time and to this day, Crunchbase is still a pledge 1% per, uh, company. So that was already in place. But in terms of volunteering, we didn't have that. And so what we did was we decided to survey our entire employee base just to see what people actually cared about and then align that back to the core values of Crunchbase. From there, that's where we started to reach out to different organizations that map back to what our employees cared about and then presented that to the employee base and decided to organize some volunteering events. And that's how we kicked off uh, the volunteering or employee engagement side of things from a uh, social impact perspective at Crunchbase. And uh, when I left, we're continuing to do that uh, with volunteering events. We would actually, we actually had a um, a program in place where new employees would volunteer alongside each other. So it'd be, let's say, we hired ten new employees. There would be a volunteering group of those ten employees plus one seasoned uh, employee on the Crunchbase team, uh, and they would all go out and volunteer. And that would be kind of a way for them to get to know each other. They're all new to the company and have a, have that shared experience to help build team, com- team camaraderie. So at, at Crunchbase, that's how we did it. Yeah, I think your question's a, a little bit difficult to give a concise answer to, Peter, because um, sometimes an organization might just need a group of people to organize their art room for the supplies to be more effective in programming. Or sometimes they may want a group of people to lead a day where there's carnival activities or what have you for the people that are in their organization. So I think um, it depends on, like we said before, kind of seeing the need and meeting the need of the community. And then um, I love that what you did there, Jeremy, with your, with Crunchbase, that it's kind of like a materiality assessment of what the employees want to do for the organization and then finding ways to incorporate that into the mission and the values. That's wonderful. You don't have to do do it all. You definitely want to start somewhere. So you can have a longer term vision of where you want to get things to, but you have to start somewhere and then build that momentum. So, you know, if, if your long term vision is to have a program that, you know, you're leveraging your product for good, for example, or maybe it's a combination of using your product for good, but also a robust volunteering event with several nonprofits and there's partnerships going on there. That's great but you need to start somewhere. So volunteering, having that employee engagement typically is from what I've experienced, the easier way to go about it to build that momentum. Now it's it's probably gonna be different for every company. You know, for some companies that may be super heavy on the developer side, maybe going the product way and leveraging the product for good, it might be an easier way to, to start building that momentum. So it's not gonna be the same for every single company. So now we're into the du jour. Hackathons. What's your opinion on hackathons? I feel like hackathons can be useful. The problem where hackathons are not as useful is when, let's say, a group of developers is building something for an organization or multiple organizations. They build the thing. But going back to my uh, initial uh, comments about out systems, They build it and then they just kind of set it and forget it. That's where hackathons fall through. So it's more so going the out systems path of building it and then supporting it for the long term. That's where I see hackathons being useful for organizations to take part in. Uh, Because, you know, obviously nonprofits typically don't have that technical background. So they they might need a new 
funding platform built or some type of integration with a new uh, donation tool, but that breaks, you know, they're, they're screwed. You know, they, now they have to go find somebody with a technical expertise to help them fix the issue. And that person probably isn't the person that actually built the thing. So now they, that person has to figure out, you know, the code and, and how this thing was built in order to actually fix the issue. And so for hackathons to be successful, there has to be a longer term strategy uh, for the folks who are all involved. So for the developers in terms of building the thing and supporting the thing long term, but also for the nonprofits to have some type of plan uh, going forward to obviously use what has been built, but figure out a way to work with the developers long term to ensure that it continues to run smoothly. Or if there's new add-ons they want to get have built, then they obviously have a, a direct they have direct access to the developers that worked originally on the project. Yeah, even with the product impact side, <clears throat> there are ways to create kind of um, <clears throat> support and and continued access for nonprofits, and that's important to consider too. Without creating a massive program where it's uh, pro bono volunteering and all of that, there's still some ways to keep engaged with nonprofits. I'm glad you brought that up. So I think we've been kind of talking around this point, but why is social impact important for businesses? Why should they prioritize it? It just matters. Companies have the resources to make an impact, to make a difference. You know, they have the people, they typically have um, the money um, to make a difference. But also just taking a step back and, and really diving deeper into social impact, it does have a material impact on businesses. And this is something that, I feel like executives are starting to understand. We're not there yet to where everyone is truly understanding the impact of a social impact. This is this kind of gets into the, the realm of ESG and the importance of ESG. But for social impact, I mean, there, there are implications when it comes to uh, employee engagement. Employees already want to do it, right? So uh, there's that piece. But also, if you play your cards right, it can have an impact on, you know, bottom line results like revenue. So if you are, let's say you have a program and you're offering your, your product at a discounted rate for nonprofits, there is an opportunity for companies to actually drive revenue through social impact. So let's say you have a product that you can give a discount to nonprofits, you're driving revenue that way, you're getting introduced or at least opening up to a segment of customers that you didn't have before. On the employee engagement side of things, it's a great way to build team camaraderie uh, have that employee engagement. Employees already want to do it. And there's also research uh, that covers the impact of social impact and, and volunteering and being involved on uh, the employee experience, their uh, physical and mental health as well. So there's so many facets of social impact that benefits a company. And so that's that's why it's important to actually do it. Yeah, the triple bottom line, the impact on employees and retention, um, profits from the company and from the product's perspective, and then even the community and the environment, how that looks. That's great. So let's say someone out there is one of those inspired people at their company, and we've saddled them with a business case and ideas of how to get started. But what would you say is the first step for someone within a company without social impact 
to try to build that groundswell to get that going. They need executive buy-in. That's always the the first step to this. Um, you know, you can do it as much as you want to, um, and you might even do a volunteering event. But if the executive team says, nope, we're not doing that, then it's not going to happen. So this is where somebody who wants to build social impact at their company, this is where you need to understand the business, um, how this drives business, the uh, the positive side in terms of employee engagement, and take that to your executive team and basically treat it like a startup pitch, right? Where you're pitching this new program to your executive team, um, but then not trying to overdo it, maybe give them a vision for you know where this could go, but starting small saying, okay, this might be the big vision, but let's start small. Let's just do something tiny, like a volunteering event, and let's see how this uh, how this impacts the wider employee base. Let's see if you know they get excited about it. Um, let's see if they want to continue to do it, and then we can build from there. So always starting small um, to get that executive buy-in, and then build from there once you once you have those folks on board. That's where I would start. Perfect. There's the handbook on how to get started. <laughs> Speaking of handbooks, do you know of any upcoming events where people could maybe attend and learn about social impact programs at organizations and philosophies from people already in the space? Is there anything happening like that? Yes. Social Impact World happens to have a summit coming up in September. Um, it's actually September 20 and 21st. This is the first time I'm doing a two-day summit. Last year, we did a one-day summit that did really well. I know Peter was a part of that, um, had a great session uh, at the summit, and he's also part of this year's summit. So I'm excited to to hear his session as well. Uh, but if you're interested in attending uh, the summit, socialimpactworld.com slash summit, we have some incredible speakers, including Peter. We have Lisa Boyd, who is the former head of social impact at Lyft. We have Madeline Hutchinson, who is uh, heading social impact at Morgan Stanley. Um, there's a number of uh, social impact leaders that are part of this summit that are, are just going to drop a lot of knowledge bombs. And I'm very, very excited about it. So again, socialimpactworld.com slash summit. Brilliant. So another way that you're bringing people from the, the um, community together, kind of building those connections. Sounds like it'll be a great event. Fingers crossed. I'm hoping. <laughs> I have high expectations for this year. Last year, like I said, uh, did very well and definitely surpassed my expectations. So I'm trying to go a little bit bigger this year. And it is completely virtual. Completely virtual. Perfect. So we've talked a bit about what you've done in the past and what you're currently doing uh, in the space. Where do you want to see the space go in the future? You know, I would really love it if every company had some type of program in place that focused on impact. It could be an ESG program. It could just be social impact. It could be volunteering. It doesn't matter. Just doing something to give back to the community. I would love to see that. You know, like I mentioned in, in when we... Uh, in the beginning of the episode, uh, one of my core missions is to turn the corporate world into a force for good. That's what I would like to see. I would like, I love to see the corporate world focusing on building businesses and building wealth, but also building impact and making a difference and helping where they can. Uh, there's so many problems in this world that I, and I feel like the corporate world can actually make a material difference in some of these issues, or at least get the ball rolling. And so that's where I would love to see the industry go in the future. 
the Slack group will always be free. You know, I don't want to charge people to be part of that. I, I want it to be an open forum for conversations and discussions around social impact. There will be a premium side of social impact world that will be exclusive to social impact leaders that are in the corporate sector that are actually doing the work, that are you know leading social impact programs, leading ESG programs. Uh, so there, that's that's going to be a separate thing uh, that will give them access to additional resources and, and things like that and things like that. But yeah, the Slack group will always be free um, because I, I want I definitely want it to be an open forum for those conversations uh, to happen. And also, it, it by keeping it free, the folks who are kind of on the fringe of whether or not they want to get into the social impact space or not from a different profession, I want it to be easy for them to connect with folks who are already in the sector. Um, that way, hopefully, it pushes them uh, to get into the social impact space, and we see more of these uh, leaders popping up in different companies, um, in different industries, and building social impact from there. So that's kind of a, the goal on that side. And now, I'll boomerang to the question that I cut you off on: How do people continually contribute to your vision? I think doing things like this, having conversations, uh, whether it's your own podcast or jumping on other podcasts and, and just talking about the importance of social impact and uh, the importance of really every facet of, of corporate impact, whether it's ESG, social impact or something else, having these conversations uh, helps and it, you know, sharing these conversations on social media channels also helps too. You know, it, it might be my vision, my mission, but really in order to make it happen, it's going to take everyone uh, to to get to that point where the corporate world is a force for good. You know, it's not going to be me. Uh, it's it you know, doing it alone. Uh, it's going to be people like yourselves, Peter, and just talking with other social impact leaders uh, and just kind of getting the gospel of social impact out there. Like that's, I feel like that is, that is the best way folks can can actually help. And of course, I mean, joining the Slack channel, all that stuff, that's great too. Um, but even if you don't join the Slack channel, even if you never uh, reach out to me and we have a conversation or anything like that, just running with the ball and finding opportunities to continue these conversations is a, is a big help. Kind of creating that groundswell. Yeah, we need, we need everyone on the mission to keep moving things forward and building out. 100%. So uh, this is something that we've asked of our, um, our guests to share kind of in closing. We've talked about some uh, wonderful things, ways for people to get involved and share. And uh, we wonder, can you leave us with one good thing? Maybe that's something that you're excited about, something that you've seen. Um, it doesn't even have to be social impact related. This is a good one. <laughs> I, like, I like closing with these type of questions. There's just a number of, of things that are like swimming in my mind now. I would say one thing that I'm excited about is how many people that I'm seeing outside of social impact wanting to get in. And I'm seeing that through the Slack channel, for example. And that tells me that there is an appetite, a there's inspiration that people have within themselves where they're telling themselves, okay, I've been doing accounting for 15 years, for example, but really I want to have a hand in making a difference in my community and turning a company into 
a force for good. And they're tr- and they're trying to learn how to get into this space, and they're having conversations with social impact leaders to learn about how they got into the social impact and and finding ways they can do it themselves. I love seeing that because that's what we need. You know, the social impact uh, is a in, in totality is a very small group of people. In order to, and we, this kind of goes back to the question about um, uh, my my vision and and how this can actually happen. The more people we have in the space the better. Right. And so I'm really inspired by people's willingness to dive into social impact and figure out how they can make that, that career change. And so that that's what I'm excited to see. Uh, it's been happening ever since I started social impact world. I, I have conversations with community members. I see it on the Slack channels where people are asking those questions about how to make that leap. I've organized uh, and hosted moderated panels on breaking into social impact. Always see so many people joining those sessions. That's what I'm really excited to see is people actually transitioning into social impact. Yeah. And certainly the work that you've shared with us um, today talked a bit about connecting folks through uh, volunteering experiences, through Social Impact World, through your summit that you'll have again in September. Um, it's clear that you are a connector for good, Jeremy. So thank you for all you're doing in this space. And you, the way that you inspire folks and get people connected will, be, will have ripple effects in your mission to create uh, corporations to be forces for good. Thank you. I really hope so. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah. And uh, Jess, you want to try and do it together? We've never pulled this off. Three, two, one. Hey. Hey, good chat. Good chat. I feel like you did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> that does it for this episode. Should you or someone you know be our next guest? Visit goodchat.org and click the link to nominate a guest. If you like what we're doing, please rate and review us and tell your friends. You can find other ways to support us at goodchat.org and uh, catch you next time.